This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Brought to you by Albate Resort, a renovation of style in the heart of Sharjah. Assalamu alaikum. Hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now, how do you get kids excited about learning a new language? Young graduate Amal Bahlul decided that instead of sitting kids in a classroom, she would help them make movies. And so she created Lights Camera Learn, taking this unique teaching model all over the world. We talk to the president and founder of Lights Camera Learn to find out how she does it and more about the summer camp that they're planning with fun here in Sharjah. All of that and more is next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Sharjah. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Now, we often talk about changing up education models to be more innovative and engaging so that kids can learn more and be more engaged. Well, Amal Bahlul decided to do just that. And she founded Lights Camera Learn after being inspired by her father, to teach languages through art and filmmaking to tell us more. I'm so pleased to have Amal with us here in the studio. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> uh, I'm not Thank sure you. if I've got Amal Bahlul or um, Amal Clooney mm. in the studio <laughs> with me. You look so much like her. You must get that all the time. I do, to be honest, I do. And it's a really big compliment. She's a... Um, a beautiful, very successful woman role model. She really is. She really is. You could easily be her doppelganger. But <laughs> um, let's talk a bit about you, Amal. Um, Lights, camera, learn. This looks so cool. Uh, for those who don't know what it is, tell us a bit more about it. Yes. So Lights, camera, learn is a nonprofit organization that connects cultures to empower and educate children through the art of filmmaking. So um, really, it's this new industry that is just starting to boom. And and it came out really stemmed from research, like researchers saying, you know, edutainment is for the next digital generation. Um, The problem is there's been a little bit of like a pushback from some teachers to be like, oh, kids are already on their phones. Like we want to, you know, take the phones away, take technology away and just have them learn. But really, we should be integrating technology and integrating like what they already are going to learn and what they already know into technology. So that's that's basically the concept of um, edutainment. So we're really passionate about producing localized edutainment content Mm. by kids for kids. So a lot of the content right now, like I'm sure if you have kids, you know this, like they watch a lot of content based from the US maybe exactly Netflix exactly Netflix (laughs) Um, but we really don't have like in the Middle East and in Africa we don't have a lot of of really good quality like local content and that changes the way kids view themselves and what they can do and what their limits are when they don't see themselves on screen or represented or they don't think like they could be in a movie you know so we bring that to them it makes me think back to um, Rami Malek's speech at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. You saw that, right? Ugh. You know, him talking about yes. how, you know, this is such a huge moment for him as an Egyptian, as mm. an Arab, you know, and, and for ev- all of us looking at him, yeah. you know. So it, it, it speaks exactly to your point of why this is so important. 
It really is. It really is. Um, and, you know, luckily enough, like here in Sharjah, we have a great um, ecosystem that believes in in this and you know with fun uh, you know having been like here for so long and just you know the the Sheikh Sharjah um, always talking about the importance of bringing together art and education so it's not it's not something that's so foreign to us that we're like oh like that's like not you know like we've never heard of it it's, it's just like okay figuring out the right formula completely and completely. integrating it mm-hmm. and like you said Sharjah really is the cultural capital here mm-hmm. and last night of course was crowned inaugurated as the book capital of the world for 2019 which is incredible and how did they start it they started it with a performance 1001 nights which Mm -hmm. was just completely breathtaking amazing production Mm -hmm. but it it again you know this really emphasizes your point of well, how do we kind of bridge that gap of education of learning Mm -hmm. of languages Actually, it's through performance. Performance touches us in, in, in ways that we can't even describe, right? So yeah. talk to me a little bit about the, the power of, of performance, of movie making and mm-hmm. filmmaking. So for anyone that has ever tried to learn a language, like you know that people will say like, oh, you know, I studied, I don't know, Spanish for seven years and I can understand, but like I can't speak, like don't even, you know. And what it really is is this like you're afraid to make mistakes. Yes. And the only way to get over that is to make all the mistakes you can possibly make. (laughs) So that's kind of what movie making allows. It allows for you to rehearse and practice and make mistakes. And then guess what? Movie magic. We edit it all out. (laughs) And in the end, we have bloopers that are hilarious um, because we'll see all of the mistakes and we'll celebrate them and we'll laugh together. But it really is about this like confidence and empowerment that comes with seeing yourself especially as a kid like on screen and speaking in another language you come out of it like hey I could speak this language (laughs) (laughs) exactly (laughs) that you're so right I mean there is this um kind of uber confidence that you know it doesn't like it, it kind of surpasses everything else that you could possibly do seeing yourself doing something amazing on film Mm. is completely different to you know being able to do anything else because you're suddenly seeing yourself portrayed Mm -hmm. in an amazing way. And actually at our red carpet events, we have a lot of parents crying because they've never seen their kids like that. And they said, my kid was shy. I had no idea they could do that. Like a lot of like this, like this is the usual for me is at the end of parent crying, being like, I can't believe that was my kid. That's amazing. That is just fantastic because it just, you know, there's a ripple effect that happens mm-hmm. because they don't just go in doing that one workshop or that one summer camp. Suddenly that's grown, you know, that grows into something much bigger where they have new interests now mm-hmm. and new abilities, you know, just yeah. because of, of having that one experience. Yeah, definitely. And they have that movie for the rest of their lives. Talk to us about um, some of the places that you've done this because you've actually mm-hmm. taken this to different countries mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, so actually so far we've worked with over 450 kids. We've made 50 short films um, in nine countries now. So You've only been doing this for a couple of years. Yes. You, since you graduated in 2017. Mm-hmm. That's incredible <laughs> that you've fit all of that. You know, since graduation, thank you. Yeah. Kids. I've been, I've been very um, lucky. You know that, like, you know that saying, like the universe, like alhamdulillah, like the universe kind of 
Isahelik, like it helps you, it guides you through the path. So I really feel like with this project, it's been, it's been like not me. <laughs> Clearly, you're onto something because mm-hmm. if you are able to take this all over the world and, mm-hmm. and to lots of different countries, mm-hmm. what are the different countries you've been to? So we've been to. Um, oh wait, let me start with Europe, France, and Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done it here in Sharjah. We did. Um, Tunisia, Palestine, Jordan, Tanzania, Turkey, and Côte d'Ivoire. Wow, that's incredible. That is unbelievable. I want to come back in uh, just a moment, Amal, and talk about some of those countries that you've been to, some of the experiences. What mm-hmm. the, I want to know the stories of the kids mm-hmm. and you know what it was like for them to go through the program, mm-hmm. how it changed them. There is so much more to talk about with mm-hmm. Amal Bahloul right here on Life Beats. You're listening to Pulse 95. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. <laughs> oh my gosh, I tell you what, this is just too much fun. Oh, talking about learning languages through filmmaking. Amal Bahlul is in the studio with me today. Uh, what a wonderful guest. <laughs> but it's just because <laughs> we're talking about. All right, so here's the thing learning languages, okay, learning English is, is one thing. Um, but as we've been just t- talking off air, learning Arabic is a whole different ball mm-hmm. game. Usually what they do in productions is that they use Fusha Arabic, which is mm-hmm. like the proper classical Arabic. But the way that you do it at Lights Camera Learn is very different because mm-hmm. you're talking about dialects here. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a bit more about where this idea comes from. It comes from your dad, mm-hmm. who is a professor of English yes. at the American University of Shout Shadow. out to my pops. And your mom's there too. Yes. Both professors at AUS. Mm-hmm. Amazing. But talk to us through that idea. It's really interesting. Yeah. So both my parents are very passionate, obviously, about education. They... Um, but they actually, they both have different, like, views. So growing up, like, at the dinner table, like, a normal Wednesday in Sharjah, AUS, it'll be like, well, actually, the research states that, you know, learning through art is better. But I was like, yeah, but that's just not practical, like, in the classroom, right? Like, how how would you engage the students? Like, are they all going to be dancing in the, you know, like, we'd have these, like, talks. And uh, and I was just, like, 16, like, okay, guys, can we just Can like, we just can eat, we eat now? <laughs> at first, like, I was like, okay, but, like, it was... Honestly, it turned me into the person that I am today because now when when teachers do teach, I can be like, like all of my college education, I was very grateful and I was very like, hey, this is how you taught, but this is how I view pedagogy, you know, <laughs> like... Um, I was probably a very annoying student, actually. Uh, it totally rubbed <laughs> off on you. The fact that you're using terms like pedagogy is like, hello, like, stop. Okay, both my parents are professors. I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah, but I think... What was hard for me growing up in Sharjah was both my parents obviously were very passionate about me being trilingual. They wanted me to be like fluent in Arabic and fluent in English and fluent in French. So for me to be fluent in French, they flew me to France when I was 13. Because you're Tunisian. Yes. Yeah. So that's why they wanted all of these different aspects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, And they just they understand that like the brain, the more like language and culture it understands, the easier like you can maneuver through life. Right. Sure. Um, So they 
Yeah, so they, they, they shipped me off to France when I was 13, and because I was just, like, immersed in the culture there, and I just, I didn't have a choice. Like, your brain, the human brain, guys, like, it will take any shortcut it can to not learn. So, like, it's just, it's the truth. It's how it's wired. It's like, oh, that's going to be a lot of effort to learn a new language. I guess I'll just speak in my own language. Like, if if a kid can, they, they won't take the hard way. Mm. So, the good thing about filmmaking or about like just traveling to a new country and forcing yourself to live there is that your brain cannot take shortcuts other people do not speak the language that you want to speak exactly. you are forced to communicate your ideas to survive yeah yeah <laughs> completely so you're so. just you, you're in the environment and you have to be in the environment i mean mm-hmm. that speeds up the process of of then learning as mm-hmm. well doesn't it exactly and the problem is with with arabic here in this country is that you can kind of get by if you go to an English school without really speaking Arabic. Or you can speak in your dialect without like speaking Fusha. And the problem is, is that in school I was taught Fusha Arabic. And honestly, Fusha is not like, it's it's a beautiful language, Mm -hmm. but it's not used. So it's not... It's definitely not the everyday because everybody Mm -hmm. speaks in their own dialect Mm -hmm. and you would have, you have this... Mm -hmm you know, amazing, the beautiful Tunisian dialect. Mm -hmm. And this is actually what your dad was arguing for as well, that Mm -hmm. in filmmaking, this is how it should be. Yes. In filmmaking, you can't really separate like language and culture because the jokes, the traditions, the insider things, that all comes from dialects and it comes from a history. It's like saying, hey, we want you to learn about, I don't know, like Sharjah without understanding like hey what's Sharjah's past you yeah. can't you can't really you yeah. can't learn Sharjah just now it's not full it's not complete without understanding the pearl divers and the you know it's so that's how I feel like Fos has being taught it's being taught as like hey let's learn grammar and vocabulary and all this stuff that isn't relevant it's unrelated to to the actual the everyday the yeah to everyday living like Mm-mm. you know so yeah, I, I grew up, like, I'm sure my Arabic teachers were, are not very, like, pleased with me because I actually wouldn't know the difference between, like, Emirati and Fosha. To me, it was Tunisian, and then all the rest was just other Arabic. <laughs> so <laughs> I grew up, like, under <laughs> underlined in all my Arabic essays. was like, this is not Fosha, this is not Fosha, this is not Fosha. <laughs> and then later on, she'd be like, this is Egyptian, this is Lebanese, this is Emirati. And I'm like, how am I supposed to know the difference? <laughs> Wow, that's incredible. Um, and uh, we were just talking uh, off air about the, kind of the different, if you had to explain to somebody about the different dialects. Mm-hmm. So being Iraqi, <laughs> I, uh, I have to explain to people, it sounds like German. If you don't, if you don't know German, if you don't know Iraqi, it kind of all, you know, goes together. It sounds very similar. It's very, you know, hard and straight to the point. Straight to the point. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, Egyptian is very. It's kind of like Italian. It's loud and it's colorful and it's um, Lebanese and Tunisian. You know, and and you know the North African. North yeah. African. Yeah. It has that those French kind of undertones in there. If you don't understand French, you don't understand those mm-hmm. dialects. Then you could easily just mix them together because they just stretch out and, you know, in that way that French does. You guys can't see Sally, but she's kind of tense. I'm just kind of like waving my arms around, trying to explain the kind of mozzarella effect of, of, of you know, the beautiful French influence in that. But you know, it's very interesting because exactly it it places. Um, you know, all of these experiences and stories that you're telling through the filmmaking within culture Mm -hmm. and you're learning about the culture as well at the same time. Yeah, so what we're doing basically is 
<clears throat> for example, if you were a kid and you wanted to learn English, the best way to do that would be to just like go to the US and be immersed, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, or whatever, Australia, or any native speaking country, because there you get to kind of fall in love with the culture. Yes. And then the language will just be a way to do that better. Yes. Um, since you can't usually like just travel, you know, some people don't have that luxury of just taking a year off and living in another country. So we'll just bring people from that country to you and they will immerse you. They won't speak to you in the language that you want, um, but they'll bring their culture and, and you get to fall in love with them because you're, you know, you're kind of like immersed and you're creating art together and they're listening to your stories and they're investing in you. So you basically get to travel and, and create art with another culture in like through our summer camps. Amazing, amazing. We're going to talk about uh, uh, some of the experiences of the kids who have been through these summer camps and the workshops uh, with Amal next here on Life Beats on Pulse95. Pulse95. You're listening to Pulse95. It's Pulse95. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. We are back with Amal Bahlul, who is the founder and the president of Lights Camera Learn, an amazing nonprofit that is teaching kids new languages through filmmaking. Now, um, Amal, talk to us about some of the, the stories of the kids who have gone through these kind of programs and how it's actually changed them. One mm-hmm. uh, amazing example that kind of stands out to me is Alan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, this happened super early on. I was 14 and Alan was six when I first met him. Um, and basically it was him and his family had just moved from the U.S. to a little town in Tunisia called Sfequs. Um, and they, they were trying to get, you know, they were trying to improve their, their Tunisian, right. Um, to fit in with society cause they, they moved there. But, um, Alan specifically was, was six and he wasn't really like, like he, he wasn't very interested in Tunisian to be honest. He just, he was part of the movie cause he was like, oh, it's fun. He had a line. It was his birthday. Um, so I met him on set cause it was part of my dad's research. And then I kind of like didn't think twice about him because um, I was 14 and way too cool for a six-year-old, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but then we actually received a letter from his mom and the letter from his mom entailed like kind of how she saw him transform. And I think it speaks a lot about um, the, the process. So she said um, that she had noticed Alan was um, started to like make friends and he started to go out and she didn't understand like what the shift was because for the longest time he was anti anything Tunisian um, or or whatever and then basically she caught him in the bathroom one day and he was just repeating the lines that his sister and the other co-stars of the movie had said in in Tunisian and and then she realized later on that he had actually watched the movie hundreds of times and memorized the entire script of the movie and was using it to make friends and to buy things from the shop. And before he would like ask his mom, like, mom, can you say this? And now when she would try to talk for him, he'd be like, mom, no, I got this. Wow. And she said that it changed the way he viewed Tunisian culture. And it completely shifted the way he appreciated like the world that was around him. Whereas before he was shy, he was closed off. He didn't he didn't want to make friends. And what we didn't know that was also in the letter was that he was autistic. So his mom was very cautious about like 
putting him through anything that was, you know, that was too hard maybe your because Arabic is it's it's an intimidating language, you it know. It is for the rest of us, exactly. Yeah. For for anybody, um, that's a difficult language to learn. But it's incredible. I mean, so he was just watching his sister uh, and everybody else practicing their lines yeah. and going through it, and then he was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you could see. Wait, if this person can say this so confidently, like maybe I can too. <laughs> exactly. It's it's about it's about seeing the possibilities in front of you. Mm-hmm. If the possibility isn't presented as, you know, something that you could do, then we'll often shy away from it and we'll go, well, I better not try that. You yeah. know, I shouldn't really try that. I'll leave that to an expert, yeah. somebody who can really do it. <laughs> but this is an, an amazing example. And that was, I think, the first time that I realized, I was because I didn't know he had autism when I had met him. And so for me, I was like, wait, like if this can do that even just to, to, for someone that's autistic, then like that effort is worth it. That's you know? amazing. That is so brilliant. And and other places that you've been to mm-hmm. as well, because you're not just uh, teaching, you're teaching English in some places. I've mm-hmm. seen, um, you know, videos of, of you guys teaching kids in places like Amman and Jordan mm-hmm. as well. Um, Palestine. Yeah. You've been there too. Yeah. So Palestine, um, we're going back again this summer. We go every summer. It's uh, one of my favorite programs. Um, and Where do you do it? We do it in Bethlehem. Um, and in, in a place called Baqal Garbiya. Um, but basically there it got really big. The first time we did it, it was just 12 students and we were just testing it out. And then the next year they brought me like 120 students. Whoa. And I didn't have enough like teachers, but it's hard to say no when a kid comes and their parent comes and they're like, please let our child into the program. Um, and at our red carpet event, we had 700 people. Can you imagine that? That is amazing. The mayors of the two towns that we worked at came. Their minister of education came. Um, Because at our red carpet events, guys, and hopefully like anyone that wants to come to our one in Sharjah is more than welcome. Um, We, there's so much fun. We screen the movies. There's bloopers. The kids give like Oscar acceptance speeches. And there's a Q&A between like their parents and their friends and, and the kids. And they get Oscars, like actual little Oscars. So it's a really nice like community event. That's incredible. I love that. Um, and everybody gets dressed up and, and of goes. Of course they do. With the pictures and the autographs. <laughs> the red and carpet the looks. <laughs> <laughs> the selfies, I can just imagine. But, you know, in terms of the teachers who teach mm-hmm. uh, these languages, so how do you choose the teachers? Yeah, so uh, basically this is, I think... Um, like if you ask me what I'm like the reason why this kind of came together so so well um, is because obviously I grew up here in Sharjah and when I went to university I like very quickly I went to university in America in uh, Malibu California so there was I very quickly became president of the Muslim Student Association because there wasn't one and someone had to open one. So I was the one that did it. Well done to you. Thank you. Um, Talk about representation. It took me a while. Actually, at first I was scared because, you know, coming from here, people tell you, oh, there's there's major Islamophobia. And so I didn't want to tell anyone that I was Muslim and, and people would just they'd be like, oh, where are you from? Are you Latin? Like what? Where are you? And. I was scared. Like when I'd say Tunisia, they'd literally be like, oh, you mean Tanzania? And I'd be like, no, Tunisia, like it's a country, guys. <laughs> um, oh. So they, yeah, there was just a lot of ignorance around everything, around Islam, around refugees, around 
North Africa, around the, the Middle East, like everything. You wh- name it. Yeah. And I, you know, you know, like we know this, we have the stereotype, oh, like Americans, but I didn't know the extent until I actually went there and I was like, wait, really, guys? Like, it really is as bad it as really you is think as it bad. is. Yeah. Wow. And, and I know that it's not their fault. It really is the media and the lack of education. Um, so when I did realize that, I was like, okay, you know what? All these people, like everyone that's a student is stuck in this cycle where you need an internship to get an internship and like you can't like it's just it's a horrible cycle so um as a student i was like applying for internships and i was applying for internships abroad right because i i wanted to i like i did internships in america and i wanted experience elsewhere um and a lot of other people were in my same boat and i was like you know what all these other internship programs are like ridiculous like you are you go like i went all the way to china for an internship and i was getting coffee for people like I didn't what? really, yeah, like I had to really prove at first, like the first three weeks I was just getting coffee and helping people like translate things, like until I had to really prove like, hey, I can give me some math, give me something to do, like I can do things. Um, so I wanted my internship program. I was like, if I could do any good right here, I would bring people from the U.S. to the Middle East and North Africa and actually live with the people, actually get to ask the hard questions and actually just see, like you have no idea how many like pro- Israeli people I bring from the U.S. to Palestine that later on come back just crying completely like in tears like I had no idea this is what was going on and I'm so like devastated that I wasn't educated um, so I'm really passionate about about that about that bringing people huge. into different parts of the Arab world and like breaking these stereotypes because it's what like what if one person has an experience that, that that's that deep they're going to tell their friends they're going to tell their parents and that's how you start bringing this conversation of like, hey, like next time they hear something about Arabs or about Muslims, they're for sure going to speak up because now they have friends that are Arab and Muslim. Like it can't just be this thing that you see on TV, you know. It's the teachers as well that are on this cultural journey too. Oh, 100%. This is yeah. totally incredible. That's This is amazing. We're going to come back in just a moment with Amal uh, and to talk a bit more about what they're going to be planning here in Sharjah alongside Fen. This is so exciting. You've got to sign up your kids to this <laughs> summer camp because this is probably the coolest summer camp that is going to be happening here in the UAE. More to come next. From the heart of Sharjah. From the heart of Sharjah. From the heart of Sharjah. Pulse 95. Something to talk about. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. Amal Bahlul is uh, sharing experiences of lights, camera, learned from all over the world, doing some amazing things and, and not just instilling confidence in students and kids. Um, but also kind of changing the thinking and ideas of the teachers themselves who are running these programs, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. There are so many things going on here, uh, which I love so much. But you've got more experiences to, to share about being in Palestine as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I, I just we were talking and I was just saying one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do was. Do you remember when the um, embassy moved Yeah. from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, mm-hmm. the American embassy? And um, basically, we were running our program during that time, and there were kids that had died, like, 
Wow. While we were there. Wow. And so, you know, we go to our our, um, our session the next day and when we're doing this and, and you can just tell like the school had to shut down, but we had to open it up just for us. So it was empty. They were, they were having a day of like grieving, but we had to f- make our movies because we had a red carpet event and 700 people were there, you know, so. Um, but we I had to sit down and because I was the only person in the team that really like spoke Arabic. Um, I had to sit down with the kids and just th- go like, hey, guys, like checking in. How are things going? How are you doing? How are you feeling? And, you know, they're all just feeling scared and they were confused and they're like, but why would anyone kill kids? And like what yeah. the kids do and things yeah. like that, you know, they're just like really hard questions. Um, and they decided like they they were going to do all these like really fun movies. But that day they were like, you know what, we're going to we want to share stories with the world about Palestine and about kids and how kids should be safe and so we had mo- kids make movies about like you know why it's important for kids to be safe and some people were like like they just realized at that moment that they wanted to share their stories and it was to me like I felt like privileged to give them a platform to share their stories and to express themselves in a time when they were feeling very just confused everyone was just you know, traumatized, traumatized and confused. confused. Yeah, it's just it's unbelievable. You know that the things uh, that they would have gone through mm-hmm. throughout their lives, really. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I know we're talking about filmmaking as okay. You can learn a new language, you can mm-hmm. get more confident, but it's also a way to make sense of life's most difficult situations and questions. And you know, you know, people usually say like back in the day, they'd be like, oh, you have something to say, like write it in an essay or write it in an article. And writing is so important. But with the new age and the digital generation, like movies and short films and YouTube is how they receive information. Yes. So they need, kids need to be able to say like, hey, if, if they can make a movie, I can make a movie too. And and there is so much power in just the process, right? So the way I would explain it to, for example, businessmen that are like, oh, really, how does filmmaking teach anything? Um, <laughs> I would say, like, it really is teaching them project management because these kids, from beginning to end, have to research what they're going to talk about, brainstorm together, collaborate, decide on the topic, decide who's going to play what role decide that what the message is going to be how they're going to get it through like it's a lot of communication and then once they figured out the roles and they've delegated tasks they get to do like they get to rehearse and they get to start on a production that has a technical aspect to it right at first kids are like wait why are we doing this take seven times and then at the end of it they're like wait we need to do that one more time because you know we messed up on this part so the kid like and then at the end you know obviously they don't really do the editing yet um but at the end of it they they get to see how their product is delivered and how their message is shown and they say hey okay now we have to share this with our friends we have to comment we have to continue this discussion like after our, uh, one group of kids made a movie about the environment afterwards they launched a campaign about like how you should clean up and they they did a challenge like a hashtag like clean up your school so it really is it's it's project management. It's teaching them the skills that they need to succeed to be a, a, to like survive in this twenty first century. It's not just language and it's not just culture. And that's what I want to like really express is that there's so much science that goes behind why filmmaking is a great tool for for learning. It's because it's not just 
making movies you know it's really so much more there are huge life skills to be learned here as mm-hmm. well like and they're transferable even if these kids don't end up being filmmakers course, yeah. they can use these skills it doesn't matter what uh, field that they go to what career that they choose mm-hmm. you can take these kind of you can take time confidence. management project management mm-hmm. skills, leadership skills, oh, 100%. Um, you know, the, the ability to think critically, the ability, you know, to, to um, lead a project, do so many different things, mm-hmm. work with people just in terms of teamwork. Mm-hmm. It takes massive teamwork. And actually, another thing is a lot of our programs, we bring in different um cultures and socioeconomic like um, uh, kids from different socioeconomic backgrounds so for example in our Tunis program we brought um, we brought in an, um, orphans and you know Tunisian kids that are just like in a private school and this was their first time interacting it was their first time meeting and they became friends in a space where they would have never met wow. like it, like generally like they they don't you would have avoided that person in a different situation. Yeah, and actually, I think a lot of this that mentality of like, hey, I've like I some people have lived here and have never really interacted with an Emirati, and I think that is problematic in the sense that um, obviously it's not up to anyone's responsibility really to go out. You're not going to go out and be like, hey, are you an Emirati? Can we be <laughs> friends? And like, it's not up to Emiratis to like to go, hey, are you? Yeah. Let's you know, exactly. come to my house. Like, no, that's not. But I think. I feel personally, I feel like it would be a great duty for me as someone that was raised here and only got to really make Emirati friends when I was older. Um, Like, I would love to create that space where we can bring cultures together and have people meet and have people make friendships in a space where they are kind of separate, you know? Well, you're doing a a big uh, summer summer school and partnership with FUN as Mm -hmm. well. Talk to us a bit more about that and how people can sign up. Yeah, so FUN is... Absolutely amazing. Um, they do the Charge. Um, they do Charge International Children's Film Festival, um, and so they've been in this field for a while now. Um, and they, you know, they've really put in this this great effort of creating a culture here. And they do these workshops where kids can learn how to make movies. So this summer, um, in July, from the twenty third to the twenty seventh, we are going to be doing um, our culture camps our infamous culture camps where we're uh, we're going to be making movies in arabic and emirati as well as um in english and we're gonna be discussing different themes so a lot of it is going to be about the history of Sharjah and the culture here so it, the whole kind of summer workshop is really going to be about um about exploring the past and exploring what it means to to live in this beautiful land because i think there's so much that we don't know. Um, we're going to be going into the different museums here with these kids. Because wow. we have so, there's so many museums here. Do you know, yes. there's like 60 museums here. <laughs> there are a lot of museums, so, yes. <laughs> so um, we're going to just be learning. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of learning and then hopefully creating really cool videos that can we can then share with the rest of the world so that the rest of the world can also learn that about Sharjah so with us. Where do they need to go to sign up? Yeah. Um, so... You can visit lightscameralearn.org um, and 
you can also go to offend, but we actually haven't opened registration just yet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's so open, we're going to announce it on the show. We will make sure that we do. Perfect. Um, so but this is, of course, uh, as we said, with fun, uh, which mm-hmm. is spelled F-U-N-N mm-hmm. dot A-E. So yes. uh, if you keep checking uh, the website, they're going to have it up soon, mm-hmm. uh, which is, of course, Charger Media Arts for youth and children. Mm-hmm. How absolutely incredible. We've Thank run you. out of time, Amal, but Wow. <laughs> I love what you do. This is so exciting. Thank you. And I'll see your kids at the... I Definitely. <laughs> we're going to be down there. I'm going to be checking it out myself. I cannot wait to see how this all unfolds. Absolutely incredible. Amazing Thank stuff. Thank you so much, Amal Bahloul. Thank you. Thank you, Sally. And can I just add one more thing? Yep. If anyone would like to know more and, and more updates, then follow us on Instagram. Yes. It's lights underscore camera underscore Larian. Yes, do it now. (laughs) Coming up, uh, we're going to be talking about last night, the incredible premiere performance of 1001 Nights, the last chapter. We talk the stunning performance with the director of creation, Philippe Scaff. All of that and more coming up next right here on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.